let's get past them today. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast, where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and unlocking potential by putting wind in each other's sails. And putting wind in our sails today is Liam Naden, who's joining us, ported in France, who lives on a boat, which I have so many questions there, but first, Liam, thank you for taking the time out of your, I imagine, very, very busy day sailing to chat with us today. Oh, thank you, Ted, for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, absolutely. And I want to jump into to some of what you do with coaching and, and helping people through unlocking some of the potential within themselves. And what better way to start unpacking that story than kind of shedding the light into some of your story? Because in the history, when I looked you up, going from your mid forties to being homeless to now you're, you're chatting on us to us from your home, which is a boat ported in France. That's quite the difference. How do you rebuild from something like that? Well, that's the, the million dollar question, isn't it? And that's actually what I've been spending my time the last few years trying to figure out is what is the difference between my life now and what it used to be like before, because I was a typical guy entrepreneur, you know, I've owned 18 businesses in my lifetime, and many have been very successful. And I was enjoying lots of success. And I was studying success. I was doing lots of seminars and reading all the all the right books and doing all the goal setting and Mm -hmm. having my affirmations and all of these things. And, you know, I went to seminars all around the world, including to your country, with some of the leading gurus on reaching your full potential. But I still lost everything. And I thought at the time, how can this happen to me? I know how to be in control of my life. Mm. And when I rebuilt my life back, what I figured out I was doing, I didn't know really why, but my life was a lot better. It was Whereas before it was full of stress problems, pushing hard, struggle, trying to achieve, trying to reach my full potential. After I lost everything, I had a completely different approach and found that success came to me a lot more easily. And I wanted to figure out what the difference was and why suddenly my life was a lot happier, more successful, and a lot less stressful. And it came down to what I teach now, which is about how the brain works. And I realized the only difference was not in the amount of information I had, not in the amount of knowledge I had, but simply was using my brain in a different way. Hmm. And that's really what I share with people now is when you understand your brain, when you learn how to use it the right way, you can literally get the results you want and, in theme with your show, reach your full potential. So I want to jump into the difference between these two worlds a little more then, because you mentioned in the first world, which is something that I would probably characterize even myself as living in, where for anyone watching on YouTube, we have I have the books behind me and I acquire as much of these books as I can. And I try and acquire the knowledge to learn, but I also believe in, hey, the execution and the action behind it is what kind of builds the acumen and the competency of accomplishing these businesses that I hope to to own and grow. A lot of us can operate like that. A lot of us think logically where we're like, hey, let me acquire this knowledge, build up my status, build this business, build this growth. And you mentioned still losing it all, despite all that, despite as vigilant as we can be, something can still happen that's unforeseen. So what is it that keeps us locked in that first pattern? What is it that keeps us locked in that first world? Well, there's a very simple 
There's one word for it, and it's called fear, <laughs> underlying fear. And the funny thing is fear is using your brain the wrong way. Mm. And I can explain how the brain works a little bit if you like. Please. Because this is, this is the absolute key to it because what we don't realize is what we actually have between our ears, what our brain actually is. And we don't realize that it's the most powerful machine and most powerful computer that exists in the universe. And I, mean, I could spend all day describing the brain, but there, it has a hundred billion of these things called neuron cells. They're like cells that share information mm-hmm. and share all the processes of intelligence. Each one of those hundred billion cells has 5,000 possible connections with other of the neuron cells. So you've got a number of possible intelligence connections in your brain that is the number one followed by a million zeros. So your brain is literally the equivalent of 500 trillion microprocessor computers. That's the power in our brain. But none of us have ever been taught how to use it because it literally is a biological machine. It's a machine like every other in nature. And we have all of these, all of our other organs have a job to do. You know, our heart is to keep beating and our lungs, we keep breathing. Our brain, to give you the short version, it's designed to make us the best that we can be. It's designed to make us survive and thrive. And the best way we can thrive is by being the best we can be, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So if we realize that we have a machine that can give us everything designed to help us reach our full potential, that's biologically what we're designed, what we're here for. If we realize we had a machine that had that power, why wouldn't we learn how to use it? But nobody's taught us how to use it. You know, if you have a motor car, I'm sure you probably do. I don't. I only have a boat. But anyway, (laughs) you have a motor car. Now, you know that if you want to go somewhere in, in that, probably the best, the easiest, the most efficient way to get somewhere else is to get in your car and to drive there. But you also, and you know it's a machine that's designed to get you there quickly, easily, efficiently, and enjoyably. But you also know that firstly, you have to know how to drive it. You have to understand what all the levers and the buttons and the pedals and things are. You just wouldn't, we wouldn't think of learning, of driving a car without learning how to drive it. And if we didn't know how to drive it, we'd get in and we wouldn't have a clue what to do. And we'd do all the wrong things. We'd make mistakes. And it wouldn't matter how much motivation or effort or determination we had, we wouldn't get anywhere. And if we did, it wouldn't be very, very pleasant. So we know this about other machines, but nobody has ever taught us this about the brain. And when I got into researching all of this, what I realized was not only is the brain the most powerful machine that exists, but it will literally give you everything you want if you know how to use it. And the difference between my old life and my new life was I didn't realize it at the time, I only figured it out later, but I was using it the right way. And the right way to use your brain is to overcome this thing called fear that I mentioned. So we are literally walking around with their keys to an Aston Martin supercar without the proper instructions on how to to drive this yeah. thing, that being our brain. And for most of us, we're just amateur drivers with an F1 vehicle driving around a, a small track playing too small, or we don't know how to properly accelerate through turns. So we're living life in this rat race, as a lot of us fall into, and we're trying to catch up and we just can't figure it out. And you mentioned the transition into your second life where you learn how to use the brain more efficiently through your research, all by overcoming this little thing called fear. 
Uh, we've said before that the lives of our dream live on the other side of fear. So I'm excited to ask this question because I've been wanting to know for the longest time, how can we use our brain to overcome that, that little thing called fear? Well, the first thing you need to do is to understand how your brain works. And fortunately, it's like a motor car in the sense that once you understand how a motor car works, you wouldn't dream of using it any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that you get in, you take off the handbrake, you turn the engine on, and you, and you do the, a few simple things and you drive it. But if you didn't know that, then you would be puzzled as to what to do. So the, the most important thing, the first thing, is to understand basically how your brain works. Because then when you do, you say, why have I ever used it any other way? And what you realize, and I'll explain very briefly how the brain works, but what you realize is that fear is using your brain the wrong way. So that's a major way to overcome fear is to realize that if you feel afraid, it's actually going to stop you from reaching your full potential. Because I'll just explain briefly how the brain works, if you like. There are four parts to the brain, okay? Yeah. And how we're supposed to live our natural state, it's called homeostasis in biology, which is the perfect functioning of the organism. And our brain is designed to keep us in this perfect state where we literally are reaching our full potential, where we're feeling good, we're feeling in the flow, in the zone, we've heard all those things, where we're being creative, where we have no fear, where we, we have intuition, new ideas, creativity comes to us, also synchronicity, intuition, our gut feeling, we're using all of these resources, our imagination. This is all coming from a part of our brain called our creative brain. And it's located deep in the heart of our skull. It's actually a physical place. So our brain is designed for us to live in this state all of the time. And we know that when we're feeling good, what's happening? You're making better decisions. You're making the right decisions. You're avoiding making wrong decisions. You're a lot more motivated to take action. You take the right action. You can get insights into what the best thing to do are. So you're at your most productive and you are at your best when you're feeling good because that's what your creative brain is designed to make sure that you are. But there's only one problem. Sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. Does dopamine release have anything to do with this process? Because I know we talk a lot about how a lot of us get reliant on false dopamine releases, the sugar, the carbs, and our brain kind of gets programmed to that. Is there a similar process here? Yes. Well, I call those things dopamine hitters when we're (laughs) addicted to sugar or addicted to smoking a cigarette or having a drink or watching something on TV that's mindless or doing all of those things. But the reason we do those things is because basically how your brain works is it's a machine designed to keep you in a good, creative reaching your full potential state, your creative state, when you're making your greatest contribution to yourself and to the world, which is your way of your be- of best surviving. There's only one time when you're not supposed to be in that mental state, in that emotional state, actually. And that's when a sudden threat or danger comes at you and threatens your survival. So something that might hurt you or even kill you. And this, the example I always use is, in prehistoric times, the lion rushes out at you, out of the jungle at you. Okay, now what the brain does in that instance is the emotional brain, another part of the four parts, is designed to look in your environment all the time and tell you if it's safe or dangerous. And if, if it decides that everything is safe, that's when you're in that creative state. But if it sees a lion running out of the jungle, 
at you, it switches your brain, it says there is a danger here, and it activates hormones or neurotransmitters that make you feel fear and anxious so that you react and you go into the state called fight, flight, or freeze, and you react against the danger. Okay, and you, you do it without thinking, don't you? You either run away or try and fight or shout out for help. That's this brain as biological survival mechanism against an immediate danger. So what the emotional brain does, as I said, it produces this hormone which makes you feel afraid. It makes you react and deal with an immediate danger. Now, that's absolutely perfect when you're faced with an immediate danger. So in other words, fear, when you feel fear, what your brain is actually saying is your environment is dangerous. There's a threat to your survival. But most of us are in the state of this anxiety, worry, fear most of the time. We were not surrounded by danger and immediate threat. So we're using it the wrong way. We're using our brain in a way that our brain is telling us that the world is, that there's danger and bad things that are happening around us when they aren't. But the problem is when you feel fear like that, what the brain actually does in that instance, it activates something called the sympathetic nervous system. And the sympathetic nervous system is designed to make you feel fear, anxiety, worry, to deal with an immediate threat. And the things that it does is it shuts down all of your thinking. It shuts down all of your, your greater awareness. And it makes you focus on the problem, the negative that's right there and now. And it makes everything look more negative than it actually is. Mm. So here's the problem. If the lion's running at you, it's good that you don't think. It's good that you don't evaluate the situation and come up and say, well, maybe it's not as bad as it actually appears, or maybe I've got lots of options, or what creative approaches can I use to solving this problem? You can't do any of that. If that part of your brain was operating, you'd be dead. <laughs> so that's perfect. But the yeah. problem is, in that state, if you try and solve a problem, if you try and understand what your life is about, if you try and project or operate or try and reach your full potential, you can't do that because you've blocked off the part of your brain that is responsible for all of those functions. All of your creativity, all of your awareness, your bigger awareness, all of your intuition, your gut feelings, your imagination, they're all blocked off when you're in a fear state because your brain is trying is saying, I've got a problem I have to deal with. I don't want all that creativity, good stuff. That's not useful here and now. I just need to fix this problem by reacting without thinking. And this is the big problem that people don't realize that about how their brain works. Everybody is trying to solve their problems and create their life when they're in a fearful state. And mm. they're blocking their access to this part of their brain, which is located in the pineal gland, the basal forebrain. There's a, a couple of areas they've identified where all the, the creativity happens. They're blocking all that, all of that off. And that's why we make bad decisions. That's why we don't see the big picture about our situation. And this is the tragedy of it, is that people are trying to force things. And where does force come from? Fear. Yeah. Because the other thing about your creative brain, this is not your thinking brain. Your thinking brain is another part of your brain. But that's a very limited part. Your thinking brain, all that is, is basically a library of all of your knowledge and experiences. So it's what you already know. But to solve your problems, to create your ideal life, to be creative, intuitive, and imaginative, you need some information of stuff you don't already know. You need to be able to access this infinite five trillion 
microprocessor computer that has access to all knowledge information. And we know this. Sometimes we have a problem and we just don't know the answer to it. We suddenly get a new idea that comes from somewhere else. And that's, you know, that's the, the real irony is people are trying to solve their problems, blocking off the part of their brain that solves the problems for them. So we're kind of in this loop going around and around yeah. in a circle and we're trying to find solutions to our problems, but the fear of those problems is what keeps us from operating more efficiently in terms of solving that. Almost like I would imagine when we feel the fear of public speaking or we fear the feel the fear of maybe getting embarrassed or or wearing something that might not look good in public and and it not doing well on social media. But what would you say to some of the people who might procrastinate all night on an important paper that's due or studying on a test and they say, well, I thrive under the pressure, I thrive under the pressure. And, and for them, that's how they try and operate. They wait till the absolute last second before executing on a task or a challenge. Well, that's absolutely fine if you thrive on waiting till the last minute. There's no right time to do anything other than when you feel it's right. But I think we have this idea that fear is a great motivator, but mm. it's not. The reality is if you really think about it and people really think about it, when you're afraid, it's a demotivator. Fear makes you not take action. Fear makes you procrastinate. But when you overcome that, when you say, oh, blow it, I'm going to do it anyway, you've left, left behind the fear in that instant, and that's when you do it. It's not mm. the fear that's motivating you. It's actually the just, I've got to do it, I'll just do it. But you do it because you're not afraid anymore in that instant. It's a subtle thing, but I'm sure if people really think about it, if they think about when they're in a situation where they think that fear is motivating them, they realize it's not the fear that's motivating them. It's the getting past the fear and just saying, oh, I'm just going to do it anyway. I've just got to do it. They're not in a fearful state when they do that. So what was that transition like for you when you went from rebuilding your life to where was that moment when it might be subtle, but I imagine it's significant, a subtle significance, as you, if you would, where that switch from being fearful to no longer fearful. What was that switch like for you? And I guess for, for context, how long would it take for us to maybe see what that switch does? If I stop being fearful now, how long will I start seeing some of that feedback in my life? That's a really interesting question you ask because if you analyze that question, what's really behind that question is fear because your, your fearful brain is saying, well, I want to know this works. Yeah. How long is it going to take? You know, if I try it, how long is it going to take me? I want to know in advance. I want to see the evidence. <laughs> the 30-day <You> guarantee. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And all of that comes from, and I mean, most of the time people say, well, and you, you're probably saying you don't appear to be fearful afraid. So most people say, well, I'm not afraid, but but when will I know? But the thing is, your your underlying physiology or your subconscious, if you like, is in a fearful state to ask that question. Because when you're not in a fearful state, you actually don't worry about anything because you know this part of this brain, this infinitely powerful computer, it's going to take care of all the details. You don't need to know when it's going to happen. When it's going to happen is when it's supposed to happen. And you don't know when it's supposed to happen, but it will be perfect for you. So this is moving beyond your thinking brain. And what it really takes, and this is why I said before, you've got to learn to understand how this works, because just like with your car, you need to learn to trust the machine. 
If you don't understand it, you're not going to trust it. If you don't understand a car, you're going to get in and you're not going to trust that it's going to take you somewhere and you're going to think, well, hang on, maybe I have to get out and push it or, no, this won't work. I, I'm not sure. Or every, as you're going along the journey, you're going to be constantly stopping and hopping out and making sure that the car is still working. You don't do any of that when you know how it works. You go, well, of course, that's the way it works. So you need to get to a point of understanding that your brain, of course, it's going to take you to the right place. Of course, everything is going to be perfect. And when you actually trust, that's when you release the fear. Mm. When you're in a state of trust and you say, I know everything's going to work out fine and I'll just see what happens. And you genuinely feel that and you feel gratitude, love and a state of release. That's when your brain is, is actually going to do its work. And that's sort of what happened to me. Because when I lost everything and I had to move in and to my elderly mother's small apartment and sleep on the sofa in her living room, I not only lost everything, I had no clue what to do. I had no idea on how to dig myself out of the hole and how I was going to earn any money. And I, in the end, I thought, I give up. I've given up trying to figure out what I should do. I haven't a clue. I just give up. Mm. And by giving up trying to figure it out, what I actually did was I turned it over to the creative part of my brain, which went, oh, hallelujah, he's finally stopped getting in the way and allowing this infinite machine to do its job, not what he thinks with his thoughts and his goal setting and his affirmations and his trying to figure all out and you know wanting a 30-day <laughs> guarantee. He's finally letting, letting the power of this machine do the job, and that's what it did. And so it brings unexpected situations, unexpected people, chance events, new ideas, all of those things, because that's the way you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be trying to figure stuff out. What does it say in the Bible? A lot of people follow the Bible. The Bible's actually a fantastic manual on how to use your brain the right way. And it says, give no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. It doesn't say you need to have a goals list. It says, don't even think about tomorrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you will you will be looked after. Of course, you will. So, would you say this planner with my whole day written out and everything would be a mechanism of fear for some people if they need to have everything planned out or having all their goals set out? I know you have something where you're you're not maybe too big of a fan of setting those goals all the time. Could that be something that works against us? It totally works against us because. Here's the thing about goal setting. If we're really honest with ourselves, how often do we actually achieve all the goals we set? Not that often. No. <laughs> and the statistics show it, that we all have been brought up with this idea, oh, you've got to set goals and that's the way to live. But we hardly ever achieve the goals that we set for ourselves. But what happens instead, if we let go, is the right things come along. Now, that doesn't mean that you might not have something in your life that you need to work towards. But there's two types of goals. There's needing goals or wanting goals, and there's knowing goals. And the goals that you achieve, you will achieve, guaranteed, are the knowing goals. And they're the goals when you look at the person you're going to marry and you say, I know I'm going to marry that person. Or you walk into a house and you say, I know I'm going to buy this house. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I just know it. And that's your brain saying, you can have that sort of goal because, yes, you're going to need to put in some effort to work towards it. But just sitting down and writing a list and going, now, what do I think I want? Hmm. Uh, oh, I want a million dollars. Then I'll be happy. Or yeah. I want a, uh, 
a really great business uh, and then I'll be happy. That's not the way the brain is supposed to work. You can't figure this stuff out using your limited thoughts. And the proof is it doesn't work. And for me, I spent decades in goal setting, listening to, you know, tapes to change my beliefs. And you talk about that list you had for today. Mine would have been 10 times that. <laughs> I would plan it down to the minute, tick off all the lists. And I had my big dreams and big goals. If I ever got them, which I didn't most of the time, if I got them, it was through a lot of hard work, stress and pain. Mm -hmm. And I achieved something and it didn't really make me happy. <laughs> so what's the point? You know, and it's it just goes against the biological working of who we are and how we're supposed to operate in this physical and mental, spiritual, intellectual environment. That, that we actually are. We're just so much more than a goals list. Yeah. The way it plays yeah. out is is almost like when, when we're working on this problem and they say, hey, have you tried walking away from it? Have you tried walking yep. out of the room? And once you walk out of the room or the moment you stop looking for your keys is when, aha, they're in my hand. <laughs> and, and that has a biological explanation. Yeah. They did some research in a, at a university in London and they found that when people focus on trying to solve a problem, they produce gamma waves, an excess mm. of gamma waves in their brain. And the gamma waves block their ability to find the solution. And that's just what I, that's the scientific explanation of what I've really been saying is that when you're trying, when you're focused, when you're stressed, when you're in this, when you've activated your sympathetic nervous system, which is, has fear as its foundation, you're producing gamma waves and you're blocking your brain's creative ability to give you your life. I don't know if you've heard of a thing called DNA. I'm sure you have. Do you know yeah. what DNA is? Oh, I'd heard it. And I thought, oh, it's something to do with, you know, DNA. We've got 75 trillion cells in our body. And in each cell, we have this stuff called DNA, mm -hmm. which if you were to stretch it out, it would be four feet long. It's in every cell. So you multiply that by 75 trillion, you have 50 billion miles of DNA in your body. And you know what that DNA has? It's got 250 million pieces of information in every one of those four feet, 250 million, million pieces of information about you. It's your blueprint for who you are. And the only way that blueprint can be expressed in your physical life is by having this creative part of your brain, this infinite part of your powerfully, infinitely powerful machine, do its job to bring out those 250 million pieces of who you are. Now, you can't, I'm sorry, I know you're a bright guy, but you'll never figure out what those 250 million pieces are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to. You just need to know there's a machine that knows how to do it. You've got it there. It's the best version of you. And this machine's going to bring all of the people, all of the situations, the circumstances, the ideas. It's going to motivate you. Because here's the problem as well with setting goals. You know, you might say, yeah, this is what I really want. Well, you don't know if you really want it. Why would you spend all of that time, effort, struggle, trying to reach something that you don't even know if it's going to make, make you happy? Why not just use a, a computer, an infinite computer that already knows what you want to make you happy, just allow it to, to bring you what you want to be happy? And that's what's happened to me. You know, the, the second part of my life, as it were, Things just started to show up out of the blue, amazing things, you know, people, circumstances, and they still happen to me to this day, things you could never write down in the book and you go, oh, that's just a fluke or that's a bit of luck. 
there's no such things as fluke or luck in this universe because it might appear that to people when they're operating from their limited awareness. But the more you use your creative brain, the more your awareness shifts, the more you see the truth about the fact there are no coincidences. It's all this infinite intelligence that your brain is bringing to you. So we just need to learn to trust this machine, how this machine works. And when we do understand how it works, we trust that it's going to do its job and bring us everything we want and everything we need to be best that we can be. So the secret to success just might be surrender and being. Totally. Trusting the machine of your brain that it's going to bring you what you need. Now, that doesn't mean you don't put any effort in. It doesn't mean you just sit on the top of a mountain and and smile. (laughs) No, you're going to be putting in effort. But again, I used to find a lot of my effort that I put in was for trying to fix things for decisions I should never have made in the first place, clearing up mistakes. And so much of our time we spend as humans doing that. And we go, why did I marry that person? Or why did I set up that business? Or why isn't this working working right? I just need to try and keep fixing things and figuring it out and trying to force things down a certain direction. Yeah. You know, that's not living. Is yeah. it? That's not having life as an adventure. Because here's the thing. Problems aren't natural. Problems damage you. On a mm. biological level, they harm your body. So why would your body be set up to give you problems when it's only damaging you. Your body, your brain is trying to make life better for you. It's trying to keep you in this this perfect state. It's not going to give you stuff that's going to harm you. If only we knew the, problems. Things, <laughs> the things that's on the other side of, of what we're struggling and fighting so hard to hold on to. And yep. kind of wrapping up here reminds me of, of a random occurrence and just a funny story to, to finish up the episode. I had a pair of sweatpants that I had for maybe seven, eight years, maybe longer. I loved these these sweatpants. They're very, very comfortable, but they didn't look the greatest. And one day I looked in the mirror. I caught myself in the mirror walking by and I said to my wife, I was like, you know, these these sweatpants really don't look that good at all. And she just says, yeah, I hate those sweatpants. I was like, yeah, but they are comfortable. And she said, well, how much were they? I said, no, $20. <laughs> And she said, well, you had them for seven years. And in that moment, I walked from the mirror to the garbage and threw out the sweatpants, put on another pair of shorts. And it was just a realization that I've been holding on to these sweatpants that I don't like how they look just because they're comfortable when for $20, I could replace that easily. Mm. And the ease of letting go of those sweatpants is the same ease I hope our listeners have in letting go some of that fear that they've held on to for so long that's stopping them from that new life with a new comfortable pair of sweatpants or a new life that looks so much better. But as you mentioned, it doesn't happen without the effort. And sometimes it doesn't happen without some help and coaching. So I'd love for folks that are following and listening to us right now to have access to your platform, access to getting in touch with you for for help on learning more of the brain, more of how fear is stopping us in in our everyday lives and, and how we can finally start unpacking that and learn to be just be and flow a little better. Sure. Well, absolutely everything is on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. I've got a couple of podcasts. Uh, one is called Using Your Brain for Success, in which, which I talk a lot in a lot more detail about this stuff, about how your brain works. I also have a coaching program with a process that I've developed to help people fast track getting over fear. And, you know, the beautiful thing is 
it's like you're with your pants, with your sweatpants. You look back and you say, why did I ever do that? Why did I hang on to it? Yeah. I never knew it could be so much better on the other side. So that's why I work with helping people fast track, get over fear. And you don't need to spend years in therapy and analyzing what, you know, why you're afraid. And, and, and it's not a traumatic thing. There is a way to switch your brain quickly into recognizing the things you should be afraid of, like the lion coming at you and all of the other stuff that's making you anxious, like worrying about the future or worrying about what you think you need or whether you should keep the same sweatpants. You know, there's a fast track way to do that. And that's what I spend my time helping people with. And both for myself and people I've helped, you could call it a miracle or you could call it people are finally being the person who they should be. But either way, it's a much better way to live than constantly struggling and, and dealing with problems. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say sailing the world and being ported in France and, and joining joining a call from, from the other side of the world isn't too bad of a way to live. So Liam Naden, I really do appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing with us some of the insights and some of the findings from your research these past few years. And I hope some folks can kind of reach out and really learn on how our brain might be holding us back. Sure is. Yeah. Thanks, Ted. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for yeah. having me on the show. No, absolute pleasure. And to the listeners, to the watchers, we appreciate you rocking with us throughout the whole episode. Thank you so much. Be sure to share this with someone that you think can get some value from it. And go ahead, hit that like button, that subscribe button, so you can get a new episode each and every single week. And please leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. Thanks again to Liam. Thank you to you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Go out there and be some modern men.